live from the fish tank. It's your host, Ronnie, back with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. We have a, uh, a guest with a lot to talk about today. We've got Mike on. Uh, we'll, you know, I'll, I'm pretty sure when I introduced him, I, I talked about all the things to talk about. But, of course, you know, we have uh, basketball, how that's gone for him. Uh, we moved on to a little bit of football and how he managed to sell an entire team and didn't quite realize it because he was too busy drinking. Um, we talked about his foray now into hockey, taking on an active role on uh, off constantly, and then uh, wrapped up with a little bit of uh, Phillies and UNC basketball talk. So all in all, a lot to talk about, and I thought it was a very good conversation, and I'm sure you all agree when uh, you listen to this uh, about three... Two, one. All right, and we welcome on now our guest, a multi-time returning guest at this point, a the newest four sport member of DSEC. How are we doing tonight, Mike? I'm doing good, Ronnie. Just you know, getting ready for some uh, some hockey tonight. Actually, no, I'm just kidding. I'm watching Monday Night Football. Are you kidding? Um, now, this is the part where yeah. you ask me how I'm doing too, but okay. <laughs> Everything's about you. I just, just it's common courtesy to be polite. <laughs> How are you, Ronnie? Doing How's okay. your basketball team Doing going okay. tonight? I uh, I think last I checked, I was actually up six three on Chris. So there you go. We'll see there how that go. goes on Sunday, though. But you know, it's, it's the podcast, and this is about the guest. So enough about my teams. We'll, we'll I'll I'll find a way to shoehorn well, in my teams enough anyway. So I apologize for asking how you're doing. Sorry, I'll keep that to myself. I mean, you're the one who wants to take a right to basketball on my basketball team. So Isaiah Stewart's got two threes already. Hell yeah. All right. So your basketball team uh, started off really slow and then finally picked up their first win here. But you've got a lot of uh, like well performing players on the season, despite that. Yeah. I. Uh... I would chalk the first month up to just a rough start of the schedule. I know you sent out the uh, the roto table, and I've played three of the top five teams, and I'm one of the top five teams, so um, or top six, so top half of the league. Um, but yeah, I did I did win this past week, which was encouraging. I feel like I might have had to panic uh, fire sale again if I if I start off 0 4 with a loss this past week, but thankfully we were able to pull it out. Well, I mean, we've all seen, you know, when you try to go into a fire sale mode, it, it actually benefits your team somehow. So Yeah, and it usually it happens sooner than four weeks into the season. So <laughs> the fact that I've made it this long means it might not happen this year. I mean, hey, I, I don't think I would, uh, would do that with how many good young players you have. And to be honest here, I don't know if I really see anyone who's, like, old enough to, like, sell. Like, everyone on your, on your team really fits your window for the most part. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I stuck with it. Um, I made a few moves in the offseason to kind of get younger, trading away Van Fleet to Barry for Jaron Jackson Jr. Who's um, now questionable for tomorrow. I know, I know. He was uh he was he was questionable yesterday and then he was a late scratch again. So I think he's get he's close to coming back. Um yeah, a lot of young talent on this team, a lot of guys locked up for a while. Um, I'm, I'm liking the future of this team, and hopefully we can we can scratch out a few more wins and and make another playoff push like we did last year. 
I mean, I personally would probably have you in the playoffs at this rate. I mean, just how we've seen the first four weeks and with how some of your guys are doing. I mean, you kind of, you know, had your had your fun in the chat just about a half hour ago with the, the player of the week. But SGA has been just otherworldly good this year. Uh, so that's had, the best way to describe it. He's got 12 points and four assists in the first quarter tonight against Boston. <laughs> yeah. he, he did play all 12 minutes of the first quarter. I mean, not, yeah. not everyone does that rotation uh, pattern, but. Yeah, he'll, uh, he'll probably only play a couple more minutes in the first half. But yeah, he's been he's been carrying my team to a one and three record. Um, he was close to uh, to player of the week, like I mentioned. Um, you just had to find out how close, know, didn't you? Relatively speaking, that? you just had to find out just how close he was compared to a I previous did, race. Did, yeah, for for uh, non selfish reasons and for the rest of the league to know. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah, he uh, he was he was a beast last week. You know, putting up a bunch of stocks and. Uh, he's he's actually helping me most in how efficient he's been, just because Trey Young has been not that and carrying my uh, field goal percentage down in the wrong direction. But but I was I was surprised to see that I was was I first in field goal percentage in the roto with, uh, with Trey Young on my team. That's that means everybody else is kind of carrying. I can pull it up real quick. I got it right in front of me. Carrying my field goal percentage. Field goal percentage. Yes, you were. Yeah, so that's that's a testament to all my bigs that I have who just catch lobs and, and Shea who just – everything's a layup for him. Nick Claxton with a 72.4% for percent yeah. of the field. Yeah. That helps. Yeah, I don't think he touches the ball outside the paint. Yeah, I don't know if he dribbles. He shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. And, and Franz, Franz is pretty much interior, like, slasher-type player, too. He hasn't developed a three yet, so he's not he's not chucking from three yet. He has the form. Um, he has the talent. Yeah, it's just the volume. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. Get, I, let's let's stay on Shea here real quick, only because I want to read off his line for those who haven't seen it. Thirty-one point one points, four point four rebounds, five point seven assists, two point one steals, one point five blocks, fifty-four percent from the field, ninety-three percent from the line, only three point three turnovers. And the one room for one thing he can really probably improve on is he's only got one three per game. But if you're averaging 31, 4, and 6 with over 50% from the field and 93% from the line, I think you're fine. And, and three and a half stocks, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just waiting for the inevitable injury because it feels like in his early career he can never stay healthy. But And I'm worried that they're going to like run him into the ground to hopefully try and trade him because I, I still think the Thunder are tanking. Um, so I'm wondering if they're just like showcasing him right now, like playing him 35 36 minutes a game just to try and get his numbers up and then just move him. That's what I'm worried about is that, is that he gets injured. Okay. Because you mentioned the tank here. You would be a good person to ask about this. Thunder fans online seem to be really, really mad that people are going at them hard for tanking compared to the 76ers. Like, am I like, were the 70s? Obviously, the 76ers were bad, but were they like, did not play coach's decision. This guy has a hangnail and it's November 30th bad like the Thunder have been. Yeah, and I think there was just the whole, like, the Sixers had a hashtag for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, sure I, think that, I think that's the, they had, like, their their GM was just like, yeah, this is my plan. Like, they were very upfront about it. Yeah, that probably doesn't And they were kind of, they were ahead of their time, you know. Like for, like for me, like the Thunder of almost that feels more egregious to me just because, you know, we have like 
they're they're cycling out G League guys and waving them at the last two months because they're playing too good. Yeah. Like and that. Anyways, that well, was the gonna... biggest. And the biggest thing is it, it kind of swung our DSAC championship last year too. I mean, that's yeah. that's the most egregious thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we have one season, one week shorter of a season. <laughs> like that's that's not me going anti Barry. That's just me in, in general being thankful. I, I, just uh, a, a, I, I was hoping you were going to take the bait. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I do think that very much helped Barry win. But you know, the whole idea here is that you know it was. I, I, I don't, you kind of mentioned too, but I just don't like it when, you know, Jalen Horde decides the DSAC championship. Like, that doesn't, yeah. that's not the spirit of this. But yeah, Franz has been really good too. He's at 49.2% from the field. I mean, University of Michigan alum, love him. Uh, he's been very good. And uh, imagine how he would be looking on the Warriors right now if they would have taken him instead of Moses Moody or Kaminga. Yeah, I mean, we might not even have seen him play 20 minutes a game yet with uh, with the different timetables for, you know, the Magic, and they're just letting their young guys go versus the Warriors competing for a championship. Well, I think that's that has a lot to do with it, but also I, mean, my, my, I think Franz is just better. Yeah, I was going to say, my line of thinking would be that Franz is just far better than Kaminga. Yes. Like, <laughs> believe me, the, the Warriors have yet to win a game on the road. Like, they desperately need bench players. Like, Franz Wagner would most certainly be playing. Well, but he's been really good, you know. 18 points, four boards, four and a half assists, averaging about over a little over a stock a game. Yeah, he's got uh he's got ten at the half tonight. Not really any other counting numbers, but he is shooting fifty-seven percent from the field. Now these are I saw Paolo's out tonight, so he's probably taking on more of a scoring role probably. tonight. But yeah, he I've I, I liked that trade when I made it. Um I especially like that the the main piece that I traded for him, I got him back later in the in the later deal. Um, if you, I don't know if you want to jump to the trades yet for my my basketball team, but I pretty much traded uh, Tariq Eason, rookie, for Franz and maybe a million dollars in this year and next year's cap. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah Keith, and I, Keith and I have been going back and forth with our, with our players in, in multiple sports. It's not just basketball, but it seems like uh, and now is uh, that we found a rhythm. Is that reflected on your sheet? Because I know it's not on the trade tab, so I just want to make sure that Chris... Okay, it looks like Chris did it on your sheet, but not on the trade tab. So uh, At least, you know, call it out so Chris can do it because I'm too lazy to go do it myself. Oh, I, I was just... Yeah, I, I went through the trade tabs. I traded uh, Mikhail and five mil for this year, next year for Franz. And then I traded Therese and for Mikhail and I got back 4 million the next two years. So that's pretty much, pretty much a wash trading a a guy who was almost, you know, top three rookie of the year last year for a, a first round pick this year. When I'm not quite sure, I feel like that's a, that trade could be, Good for if I'm trying to win in the future or win now because I wasn't going to call up Therese in this year. Um, Unless he started putting up like Dennis Rodman type numbers with his defensive stats. Yeah. But hey, that's a 
pretty good move. I mean, obviously, you know, Bridges is a fantastic fantasy player, uh, but, you know, Frog Wagner just really good. And, like, going real life here, like, Franz Wagner is exactly the type of wing I would want on my team if I were, like, an NBA GM. Yeah. Bridges, too, for that matter. Yeah. I, w- I wish they would both develop their three-point shot a little bit more. But, yeah, they do They do all the slashing and, and you know, they're, they're playmakers a little bit and that they can give you assists and – Defensively, they're both at least above average. Mikhail more than Franz, but yeah. And not to be, you know, like put on my lazy scout hat here, but Bridges shooting eighty-eight point six from the line, Wagner eighty-five percent from the line. Everyone loves to make, yeah, yeah. Everyone loves to make that correlation. Oh, if you want to see a future three-point success, look at the free throw percentage. So you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Both of them are above eighty-five percent. Yeah. That in theory should you know translate should they want to increase their volume from three. And then I think the only other big move you made, at least the ones that, assuming Chris didn't miss any other trades, would be uh, Ivy for double O. Yeah, yeah, that was one where um, double O had been the uh, the source of many uh, a DM. It was the subject of many DMs for multiple teams. And ultimately I was like, you know what, I'm not trading him unless – I can pick who I trade him for. And I was ultimately just like, Hey, is this guy available? And, and, you know, Keith said, yeah, Jaden, I, I, you know, I guess I could do that. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm this interested in the guy that I'm asking for, I might as well part with, with Ivy. And I needed, I needed a guard more than I needed bigs. I mean, if you look at my Roto category, I'm top, Top quartile of the top quartile of the league in in stocks and well, that is, hold, hey, hey, but, well hold but on, pretty that, low that, in assists. That, that so joke doesn't I, really I work with to, uh, that joke doesn't really work with four, that joke doesn't really work with fourteen. Okay, you need kind of need thirty two to have to get just for the way the, the quartiles would work out. You need to have to get to, up to thir- a quantity of thirty two to to do that. I see, I see you've been brainwashed by Jim Mercy, but it, what, what, I, what I was saying, trying to make. Do the math. Do the math. You need 32. I, I needed a guard. It worked out. They were both young. And again, I'm kind of like on the fence of, you know, am I trying to win now? Am I trying to win in the future? Am I trying to do a little bit of both? And Ivy kind of fits that that plan for my team of, you know, I got him for the next four years at this rookie first-round salary, and he's already – producing great numbers yeah. and i will say though you know as far as the far as the rotor table goes uh we know you, you're saying you don't really need the bigs you are very middle of the road in rebounds so yeah i was looking more at um at like blocks and steals which are usually um like big categories and, and field goal percentage as well like i could you i could i could stand to lose a little bit in field goal percentage if it means my three pointers and assists go up a little bit for sure. And oh, it wasn't going to get me any of those. Ooh, might have gotten a fumble here at Monday Night Football. Has yes, sir. Now, have you even even been following Okongwu like at all, or like I, I I feel like I see like him in spurts, but not like enough to. He's know kind of how blocked right now. Like he's blocked in Atlanta with uh, Capella, yeah, and John Collins. But no, he's he's definitely. I, there's a reason it took me so long to trade him. Like I was high on him for sure. Um. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to be good. I just think Ivy fits my team more for now. 
then the future with, with my, uh, after having traded Fred Van Fleet in the offseason, I kind of needed to brief backfill with a guard. Yeah. All right. Delano Banton has 14 points at the half. <laughs> anyway, Jaden Ivey, uh, you know, a very talented player, as you mentioned. He's, still, he's really still fun to watch. Sheet. He's really fun to watch. I know I know I've mentioned this to you, but you don't like the comp of uh, of mini Russell Westbrook. No, he's I, I don't I don't mind the comp. I just the only thing I'm saying is I, I just hope he plays more winning basketball than Westbrook. I mean that's all it is. I mean is he can have the same skill set and the same athleticism. It just all it boils down to is shot selection and and all that stuff. There's a joke in there somewhere about winning basketball in Detroit, but I'm just gonna let the chat make it. I mean, how many uh how many teams in the league have won three titles? Not, ma true. not many. Yeah. Back and in the mid-2000s and when yeah. – uh, uh, Until – uh, 89, 90, and then 04. Okay. And they were in the finals in 80. So you were alive for zero of those. I was alive. Hey. No. <laughs> I, I have good memories of watching uh, the, the mid-2000s Pistons in the playoffs. Yeah, Rip Hamilton was my favorite growing up. That you you have talked about that before, at least to me in DMs, but that very much feels like a Mike type of player. You you strike me yeah. as like like the uh the, the workman type who who kind of very efficient, doesn't really call you just attention run around to his screens game. And, and shoot mid range shots and yeah. yeah. I actually I had a reason to comment uh, a link to the a video on, on Reddit, but it was uh, someone was talking about. I think it was Lakers. The Lakers have like a, a promotion where whatever happens, you know, when like the the fans get like a free like fast food item or whatever, and like one team was trying to stop them. And it reminded me of, I think it was the year the Pistons won the title. No, for uh, the New Jersey Nets uh, played the foul game at the end because they wanted to score seventy points because the Pistons had held five straight teams below seventy. And the Nets did not want to be the sixth. Uh, basketball was way different before the the hand yeah. check was was, <laughs> was really fun. Yes. Now that's like a <laughs> halftime score. Yeah, I mean seriously, five straight below low seventy. That's it. But yeah, we got there from Jaden Ivey somehow. So. <laughs> yeah, winning basketball, Detroit. Yeah. Stand up. Yeah. yeah, he is a lot of fun to watch though. Like. You know how much I appreciate and love all the rest of you in the league here because I'm not watching Jaden play basketball right now to record this. Yeah, that's the one downside of this trade is that I have to kind of follow the Pistons a little bit. Well, I mean, at least it's just a but, little bit I mean, because I have the rest of them. For the moment. Well, I don't have Bay anymore. But... So you really just have to follow Ivy. Anything else there you want to touch on on uh, on basketball here? I mean, as you mentioned, you're doing pretty good on the roto table, so we I think we're yeah. all, we're both in agreement here that it's uh, relatively speaking, a bit of a bit of a, a fluke so far your your record. That's what I'm that's what I'm talking it up to is schedule losses, <laughs> uh, three of them to start the year. <laughs> yeah, when you first made a joke to me, I, I, I do like really my good. team still. I'm, I'm more. I think of the three that I'm sole manager of. Of the three sports, I think this is well, my I, best. I, considering Nathan's hair color, I would say you're probably a sole manager for the fourth one too. <laughs> Hate that I left it though. I like this. <laughs> I like this team the best of my three sports. Like 
for now and the future. Like, obviously, football is all in the future and baseball is all win now. But I think this team is kind of like a good mix of both where it's going to keep me engaged every every year, but also kind of one eye towards the future as well. Yeah. But I, I don't think that I'm tier one and that I'm going to, like, sell off all my picks and rookies to try and get a top three seed like I did in baseball. Like, baseball, I actually thought I had a chance to uh, – to win it all and I was you know came in third but um I don't I don't think that the ceiling for this team is is top three so I'll be happy if I make the playoffs again this year and I guess because you mentioned baseball here are you here's a would you rather for you would you rather finish third or finish second after you thought you finished first um I don't think I Alex is a better man than me, man. That was just, <laughs> that was brutal. Um, I'm taking solace in the fact that I looked this up earlier. I would have beaten Ping in the finals if like our ad drops were the same in the final week. Oh, that's a very like, Ronnie. I, that's I, a I, very I did Ronnie. a Ronnie. I did a Ronnie. I looked at our uh, categories. I would have beaten him eight to four, but I would have lost to Alex again five to six to one. So in in the end, like I think I think the outcome is the outcome. I don't think Josh paid too much attention to the consolation match, and that's why I won nine to three. But I'll, I'll take a third place finish over what happened to Alex. That I don't know if I could have done that. Yeah, that's brutal. That was brutal. Like oh. I almost kind of wish I had started recording that episode before I looked it up. Just, you know, we get the the actual live reaction instead of awkwardly hanging out on the phone with him for like 40 minutes while we try to figure out what happened. And then I have to call yeah. up Ping like, hey, actually, are you available tonight? For the, for the amount of times that Alex roasts you in the chat, like that would have been a good like gotcha bitch yeah. <laughs> to, to him. But yeah, the, the way that it worked out, I think that was that was uh, entertainment value was was sky high that week in and of itself the way that it worked out. It's, it's nice to be on the, a neutral side of an entertaining week in DSAC, you know, and the entertainment's <laughs> not coming at my expense for once. <laughs> All right, but that was uh, you know pretty good, uh, pretty good basketball uh, look outlook for you here. And we can go from a sport where you're being patient and not panic slowing to a sport where you were not patient and you did panic slow. Let's talk about uh, Valley Jobin football here. I need a big knife for Antonio Gibson tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that really uh, really benefits your real-life rooting interests. But... No. All right. Do we, work, do we want to, do, do you want to talk about your team here, or do we want to talk about the trades first? No, let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about. Let's talk about my week at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about all the trades that I made while I was on vacation. How how many Bud Light Limes and Trulies deep are you when you get old? Well, so the problem was they were all on separate days. So in the, you know, I obviously wasn't like 100% focused on DSAC, but in the time it didn't seem as monumental as, as looking back on it i'm like holy <laughs> crap i traded this many players in this seven day stretch so the answer um, to my question is many bud light limes deep and many truly is deep 
Gotcha. Yeah, over consecutive days. That was the problem. Just kept compounding on each other. Yeah. You don't you know don't have a hangover if you're always drunk, right? That's true. Yeah. It's the best cure. All right. So as it kind of left the top here, do we want to go your skeleton team here first or do we want to talk about the, the trades? Because I don't know if there's no. really a ton to talk about here on the <laughs> on what remains. No, 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 we can do the trades. That's fine. You know, not, not to poke fun of your team that is somehow ahead of me in the standings despite the fact that I kicked your ass and I had the head matchup. But I mean, do we really want to talk about like Snoop Connor and Juwan Johnson and Alan Lazard? Hey, Juwan Johnson has been formidable. Considering David Joku's absence in that he scored double digit points three of the last four weeks. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, there's like three tight ends you can really trust. And then, like anything else, you get from guys outside of Kels, Andrews, and probably Goddard, you can put up in that that trio too. Yeah. Anyone outside of those three, you know, you're if you can get like a touchdown, you're thrilled. Yeah, because I mean, Waller's been hurt. Kittle doesn't do much for the 49ers anymore. Andrews is good when he's healthy, but he's been missed the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, and, and oh, yeah. I probably should mention Conklin. I don't want to piss off Nathan. So always cocky. Yeah. Well, we, no, first we, can, we can do the trades. Yeah. A, a, I sense we're both just looking at my roster right now. And it's like, all right, what are we talking about next? Yeah, I mean, Let's we, can, we can talk about how Marcus Mariota is like a good fantasy quarterback, but he's terrible in real life and he's trying to do a barrel roll. <laughs> that was such a terrible throw. He's lucky he was that down because that was picked off, but ill advised for sure. But we're, we're thankful it didn't count. Honestly, like I'm, the thing I'm most surprised about with that play is that it was not Carson Wentz. Let's be honest. I, I know he, I know you're an Eagles guy, but doesn't that not feel like a that thing that a, Wentz? No, would that do? was that was a very Carson Wentz type play for sure. Um, or Josh Allen, like three years ago, or the last two weeks, which is like reckless. Like I can, I'm more athletic than you. I can make this play, trusting my arm. Maybe not the smartest play. Well, I guess it's fitting we mentioned a quarterback there because the first trade involved you getting rid of a quarterback, trading away Ryan Tannehill for Alan Lazard, a couple mid-round picks and some money. Not bad. Um, I don't think anyone really necessarily won this trade. No, I would say the way that pings... Um, this was Alex. Kirk Cousins? Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Ryan Tannehill, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that one... Um, yeah, that one's pretty much a wash, I would say. Lazard's been solid, and Tannehill's been not as good as last year, and also hurt. Um, he does have a lot of job security, considering the fact that Malik Willis is terrible. Who's got yeah. that going for him? As long as he can get back healthy. But no, I, I like that trade. I wasn't going to even, you know... I made this trade right after this was in the offseason. This was well before. So <laughs> believe it or not, this trade was when I was still trying to compete for this year because this was right after Brady announced he was coming back. So in my mind, I was like, well, I don't have money to extend both Tannehill and Brady. And Tom Brady's hasn't what what didn't show yet that he's kind of taken a downturn this year. So I was expecting like 
QB one type production from him. And Cousins was still like QB two. So I was like, I'm not gonna extend Tannehill. Let me get, you know, a skill player for him and some picks and yeah, I think I think this one was was pretty much a wash. Yeah, I would I would second that. Uh, you managed to go a few trades here without me or I'm sorry, I, I, okay. A couple trades at least without making one. Uh, it seems like your next move was uh, was the Devontae Adams trade. Um, yeah. <laughs> you got Adams in a ton of cap space for Olave, a first, a second, and a third. How are we feeling here yep. with Chris Olave playing relatively well so far? Well, this one would have looked fine. <laughs> Had Devontae Adams still been on my team, and I was still competing. Um, it would look better if he was still in the Packers, too, to be honest. That's true. But he's still putting up numbers with Oakland, even though they're not they're not winning. But I think um, if you just look at this trade isolated, it's fine. If you look at this trade in the context of what I did in the first couple weeks of the season, this is probably the one that I'm going to – regret the most going forward yeah now there is a, a probably a bit of a funny story with this one here is um there was a point in time where i was going for adams as well and i kind of figured you would be the type who would need a receiver and there i was going to try and flip amari cooper to you i don't know what it was going to be for it, mainly picks i think you know, the idea of giving you Cooper for picks, and I was going to add those picks I got from you to my 2025 draft to try to go get Adams. But I was trying to do it without you knowing I was trying to get Adams because I figured it would be easier for you to go get Adams. And then you just went and got Adams instead. But... Yeah, I had no idea. That was obviously going on in the background. Um, I wish, yeah, I... I don't have much more to say about this one. I guess this one is kind of lumped into the Adams trade I made with Ping. I will get to that. And that I, yeah, yeah. But like I said, I mean, the, if you think about it from my standpoint, the, uh, the picks I traded away, <coughs> excuse me, um, the second and the third were from Alex. Yeah. So, and I inherited those picks. Yep. So it was really just one pick that I traded away. <laughs> because those picks I acquired when I was Dylan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or I, who, whose football team did I take over? Uh, uh, Wham's. Right? That's no, right. No, no, no. No, because Williams wouldn't have acquired picks. Uh, Antonio Gibson touchdown, by the way. No, no, it was Williams' team, I think, because he, he traded Kittle, and I think, yeah, because he would have had all the quarterbacks. Oh, wait, hold on. The Alex picks that I traded away were the ones that I acquired in the Tannehill-Lazar trade. <laughs> oh. So you, you did – how many glasses of wine deep are you right now? Oh, I'm good. Oh, <laughs> just checking yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah, you did get those from, from Alex. That yeah. So, I scroll up a bit. Next trade up is I'd say one that's aged relatively well here is Michael Carter for DJ Chark, Dwayne Eskridge, and Trey McBride. Uh, 
Um, McBride could still be something, but I'm a little bit out. On, I'm pretty much out on Eskridge, and Chark has been injured, and in, I don't know how many games he's actually played this year. But. Well, if you scroll down a little bit, I reacquired DJ Chark from Keith in the later trade. Oh. But <laughs> God, you, 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 man, you, even I, when I blew, blew up my baseball team, didn't make this many like trades and trade backs. It's impressive how many guys you've traded and then reacquired. It's, it's never me initiating it either. It's 100% Keith. Um, but yeah, McBride might get some future run now with Erbs being hurt. Yep. Um, but, I, but I do like the Michael Carter trade, especially to help me um, you know, get a couple more wins this year. Uh, unfortunately, with the Brees Hall injury, Carter's going to be top running back, or at least competing with Robinson. Um, so he should be getting most of the touches for them. And I think we're we're you know we're burying the lead here. The most important detail. What is it about Michael Carter that you like the most? Oh, he's a Tar Heel. Yep, there we go. He he and Javante Williams were uh, same backfield with Mitch Trubisky. Made him look so good. And he was uh, drafted so high. And in hindsight, that that Dr- Trubisky draft didn't really age very well, did it? Because he was up top. Uh, Corey Davis has really lived up to it. The D line was it Solomon Thomas? The uh, the Niners took in that draft. That could be. I think it was. A seventeen draft. Seventeen draft. NFL draft. Blah, blah, blah. It was. That was the draft that the Eagles probably missed out on the top receiver. Yeah, the top ten went: Miles oh, Garrett, wait. Mitch Trubisky, Solomon Thomas, Leonard Fournette. Corey Davis, Jamal Adams, Mike Williams, McCaffrey, John Ross, and Mahomes. So Mahomes and McCaffrey home run picks. Mike Williams looks pretty good. Jamal Adams was, I would consider that a home run pick considering the haul the Jets got for trading him. Uh, I actually like this draft for the Eagles. They got uh, Derek Derek Barnett. He's been good. And they went cornerback, cornerback with Sidney Jones. Who's coming off an Achilles? Would have been a first round pick. Rasul Douglas. And then my boy, Matt Collins, in the uh, yeah. in the fourth round. <laughs> I, I had forgotten this was the Malik Hooker draft. I was not a fan of that pick at the time, and that aged very oh, poorly. They, not to be biased as a Michigan fan, they should have taken Jabril Peppers, who I think is actually better than Hooker still. Is what it is. Next trade up for you was acquiring Jacoby Brissett for Mark Ingram and the money. Or other way around. Yeah, other way around. I traded away Brissett here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. To get Ingram and, and money. Which I mean, it's all right. It gave Keith his handcuff kind of to uh Watson <laughs> until Watson got back. Yep. And uh he he uh he got some money back in exchange for it. So has there Ingram are two been more okay? Jacoby Brissett trades, so we don't have to spend too much time on this one. Two more? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Uh you can tell how much prep I did not do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we have the Kirk Cousins trade with Ping for a second, a third, and a fourth, which at the time I thought was kind of weak, and it looks like it yeah. still has aged pretty weak. This was the uh this was the this was the start of my fire sale. If you're if you're tracking at home, this was the first trade that I made um, after my loss to Chris when I started out 0-2, and I announced fire sale 
and uh, this was this was trade number one. Yeah, the, the only real like uh, feedback I have in on this one is the only way I can describe it is it's a starting quarterback, Michael. What could it cost? A second, a third, or fourth? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Ten dollars. Yeah, it, it doubly good reference because your name is Michael. Yeah. Uh, I actually, uh, sidebar, I started watching that again on Netflix, like an episode or two a night when we're not watching Marvel movies. And uh, I forgot how many of the the top GIFs are from like the first two or three episodes. I know that like, they came out. They came out swinging. That I, I'm pretty sure I said it in the chat. Like, I think I was like the second episode and I'm, I'm asking you guys like, I'm sorry, it's like every GIF that they made yep. for the show in the first two episodes. Yeah. But. The uh, the best one though with Buster hasn't happened yet, and I'm four or five episodes in. The uh, yeah, nap time taking around the corner. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were doing the blowing through nap time here. Oh no, that was like episode one or two. <laughs> no. Next trade up was Derek Henry for Jerry Judy a first and a third, which is another one I did not really care for too much at the time. I don't think, and I think it's hasn't gotten any better for in my opinion, but. I'll let you be the judge. It's your team. Yeah, this one is going to need to pan out long term. I'm uh, I'm hoping to get some value out of that first from Sean this year, and I'm hoping that Judy either <clears throat> finds a team outside of Denver that has a, a starting competent quarterback, or he can learn to stay healthy and uh, develops into a wide receiver one. Yeah, I'm a bit, a bit skeptical about the wide receiver one potential at this point, and not. I'm not trying to, you know, be be down on Judy here, but it's just, I, I don't know. I I've been kind of underwhelmed with him pretty much ever since he was drafted. I liked him in the draft, but he just yeah. hasn't really done anything yet. Even when he's been healthy, it feels like Cortland Sutton has kind of been the guy that the quarterbacks have targeted the most. It's, it seems like they're. What's what's less than store brand? What's what's below store brand? Because like it seems like they that, that combination is like Godwin and Evans in Tampa Bay. Like they kind of trade back and forth weeks, but whatever less than store brand for them is is uh, is Sutton and and Judy. Where like they'll have a decent game, and then the other one will have a decent game the next week, and all the analysis is like, oh, you know, they're solidifying themselves as wide receiver one in Denver, and then the next week, like, they get, like, two catches for 15 yards. Yeah. About about pretty good comparison there, I would say. Uh, the, but it's, it's not even close in, like, skill level between the two, but it's just, like, they're, like, trading back and forth weeks. Yeah. Next up here is uh, the other uh, Devonta Adams trade. Adams, yeah. Kittle, and a boatload of cash for Devontae Smith, the first, second, and two-thirds. Um, doesn't look great at the moment. Uh, at least relative, factoring in, you know, the, the logic behind the first Adams trade. That doesn't help it, obviously, as you said. Yeah, that's that 100% makes this one worse. Also, we have, uh, you know, a, a good battle here about how you properly spell Devontae. Yeah, I, I like Adams, the capital definitely. V. I like the capital V. But uh, yeah, I think um, I I I don't want to say Kittle was a throw-in, but I didn't think I was gonna get 
um, great value for him. So including him in this trade, if that got me an extra pick or two, I was okay with that. Um, my main thing with the Adams trades is I don't think. Uh, no, okay. Devontae Smith just missed a catch in the end zone. Um, <laughs> hey, right but he was pass, pass interference. Pass interference. We're okay. We're okay. Um, I'm not sold yet on him being better than Chris Olave. And that's what I'm kind of kicking myself over is that I got rid of a, a potential stud receiver for a, a receiver to help me win now to get back a receiver that might not be as good as the first one. Yeah. And I'll probably second it with Olave too. Like as a Michigan fan, Olave is one of the guys who scare me the most whenever we played Ohio state, he just tore us up every single time. Yeah. Who was this quarterback? Uh, Justin Fields for the most part. Uh, okay. See, that's kind of where I'm going with that. Shot, shot in the dark. Shot in the dark. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm going with that, though, is I, I think uh-huh. Kim and uh, McLaurin and Campbell and Wilson made him look a whole lot better than her. Wait, no, hold on. 2019 was. That's a lot of Wait, receivers. That, that, that was still Fields. Yeah. 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 Trust me. I was when the 2019 game, when Ohio State really, really put it on Michigan, like it, it was like playing against air, essentially. Like, they're, they're, those DBs had no shot against Ohio State's receivers. Like, Fields had guys, you know, five yards open every single drop back. You might like this Dallas Goddard to score a touchdown for uh, for Fargo. Oh, or do you won't like that? Oh, no. Like <laughs> Damn it. And that's even worse, too, because I'm facing Goddard in my work league. Uh, coming into today, I had, like, a 12-point lead. Oh, God. Like a 12-point lead with Miles Sanders going up against Goddard in uh, Eagles defense. And Sanders has done – he has one carry. Yeah, they've been throwing the ball. Oh, my God. Okay, anyways, Mike Evans trade. Uh, Mike Evans in cash for my entire 2025 draft class. Uh, just for context here, that 2025 draft class is uh, high school seniors right now. <laughs> I've right, unfortunately right, already traded for, away one of these picks. For, for uh, Wait, no, are they? No, no, they're not. Sorry, these are college freshmen. The next pick of mine that I will own is a high school senior. Assuming, assuming three and done. Yeah. yeah so. Mike Evans is good. He just, at this point, he didn't, he didn't fit the uh, outlook of my team. Yeah, he's 29. Um, there were a couple suitors, but there weren't any offers like quite like this that I kind of had to jump on. Well, that would have been good to know. <laughs> Could have maybe kept a third or something. Yeah. yeah. Little uh, little context. This trade was made on our drive back from the beach. It was my turn to uh, sit in the back with the kids, and they were both napping, and I had some service somewhere in Virginia, I think. And uh, I was like, hey, let's let's do the thing. Clearly because you had forgotten about the previous trades, you know, you were didn't realize how far yeah. you were into this fire. So this, this was me sobering up in the backseat with, with two toddlers and, you know, five hours of road ahead of us. And just like, hate my life right now. Let me get some picks. That leads us to the second Jacoby Brissett and the second DJ chart trade. Um, <laughs> man. Between it, me and, yeah, between me and Keith. Yep. This is, this yep. one is Tom Brady for Brissett, Chark and, and Cash. I, I, I like this one for me. 
uh, given the way that uh, Brady's looked. I mean, I guess. I mean, it depends on how much you like Chark. Because, like, Brissett at he's this been, point. He's, he's been on IR. Like, he, he wasn't. He's been hurt this year, but he's still, like, young. He's only, like, 25. He, he might be, like, my veteran, like, 28, 29-year-old when I'm actually yeah. competing again. Speaking of. If I can come yeah. Speaking of receivers who are 25, Juju is 25, which is wild. Hmm. He was drafted in 2017, and he's only 25. Anyways, I'm sorry. That just when I think of young receivers, my mind goes to Juju. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much a wash, I would say. Kind of what you were saying. It yeah. really depends on how, how Chark does because Brissett is a backup yeah. at this point again, with Watson yeah. coming back. Well, and... don't worry, I traded him away, but I yeah. did get the cap space to cover Chark's salary for at least the next two years, and then half his salary in 24. So, well, I mean, he's free now because he's on IR, but. I I did get cap relief, or I mean I, I don't think he's worth his contract of of ten million a year. Yeah, no. I mean, maybe he turns into that, but um, at least I got that cap space for future trades or or to eat it. Then you managed to have some self restraint here and allow three other trades to happen before your next one. And this is this one might be the least consequential. It's you trading Johnny Smith for three million dollars to keep, and I think we can leave it at that. Um, I don't know if it was self restraint or I just didn't have any other players to trade away at this point. I mean, I had already traded away Brady, Brissett twice, Evans, Adams, Kittle, Henry, Cousins, but not uh, yeah. not Melvin Gordon. We would get there. Uh, that would be the yeah. next move made. You sent Melvin Gordon and Cap for Antonio Gibson. Do you still have Gibson? Was, you do. You still, you, I you do. Talk about the top. Yeah, I need him to get like 45 more points today. He's uh, he's actually been good since I got him. Like he was trending down when I traded for him, and Gordon was trading up after the, the Javante Williams trade. Um, but I, I, Antonio Gibson's still pretty young, even if he's splitting time. In Washington, like I still think he's his pass catching ability will keep his floor pretty high. So I like that trade for you, just based on the, the age difference. That's really the yeah, main, the main yeah. reason there. You get younger, and you get about an equivalent talent. I would say. Yeah, and Melvin Gordon's got a couple million on his salary compared to Gibson. Yeah, Gibson's already been extended, I think. Is. I think Gibson's about six million. Gibson's at nine and oh, he's nine. through 2026. 20, Keith extended it for five years. Yeah. Um but Gordon was at like twelve or thirteen for the next two two years after this year. So I was like, I just need to move off that that contract. Yep. Former walleye Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Uh then you got a little kinky with it with a three way. Uh, the important things here is you sent away Jacoby Brissett and got Marcus Mariota, right? That's that's yep. all your involvement was. That that was my involvement, yeah. Okay. Um, which yes works out for you. Yeah, I got a starting quarterback for as long as Mariota has the job, probably longer than Brissett has the job. Um, well, I think Brissett's pretty much year. lost. He's I think Brissett's lost now, right? Because Watson can practice and play again. Yeah, he's. I think he might have 
I don't know when the Browns buy is, but uh, Watson comes back the week after that. So he might only have like another week yeah. left at the starting job. So I uh, I got Mariota. He'll help me win a couple games this year, keep me out of the basement so that that Chris Olave trade doesn't look even worse than it already is. Yeah, I might have to, to take lessons from you on that one uh, if I have to, to sell here in the, next, in the near future. Um, don't want my picks coming up good. No, sir. Don't want that happening. Uh, Falcons are second in the second in the AFC, though. So that might end up working out for you if the Falcons can't uh, finish high enough to have a good draft pick for a quarterback. Yeah, that's true. Well, they just drafted oh, yeah, um, yeah, they did draft- Desmond Ritter. Yeah. But, like, I mean, are you really worried about Desmond Ritter? But but you're right. If, they, if they're 500 or above, like at least Mariota might get another year at least to start. You know what I mean? Plus, next year is my true tank year. So, if I have to start Mariota for a couple weeks and then he's a backup, then so be it. Next year is his last year of his DSAC contract. So, yeah. And then the last deal here, uh, you kind of gave some commentary on the the way it was negotiated in the chat. PJ Walker for my third. Yeah. Yep. Did, did you not say that you offered up a better asset? Like on paper than a 2025 third, but Alex just wanted my pick. I don't know if I would say better. It's probably not better. It would just be more sooner. I think I offered a third round in any of the next three drafts. Um, the third round pick in this upcoming draft was probably going to be towards the end of the third round. So that's probably why Alex was like, well, you just wait a couple years and get a top half of the third round pick. In 2025, you better hope it's a time. I imagine I don't want to speak out of out of turn, but I imagine that was his thought process. Plus, he's just got a weird affinity for liking and having your your draft picks, man. Yeah, Tony, he's just wow. obsessed with me. He, it's yeah. totally not the other way around. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's about a half hour just on your football trades. Is there anything else you wanted to, to wrap up on with the uh, Valley Joven football, or uh, it's really been? I actually, I, I'm more disappointed than I should be that I lost this week. Like I, I, one, because it's a belt matchup and I always like having the belt, but I really thought I could pull this one off um, and go to six and four. Like that, that means I I would hopefully, I mean, I don't want to like chalk up a win against Josh because you know, those things are never. Okay. Uh, Thank you for coming on, Mike. I appreciate you coming on for tonight. Yeah. Like I, I think I could have coasted the rest of the year on seven wins and, and finished middle of the pack, but now I'm looking at five and five. And I mean, like Ping said, most teams in the league are going to be five and five after this week. But yeah, that's why I would I, just like to have this one in the bag. That's why I'm so mad with how this this week broke down was because I'm at this point, anyone who's in the mushy middle basically has to lose. Yeah. But like all the teams, like I'm at the lower end of their matchups by the records one this week really upsets me because like i essentially i gained no ground really this week oh you doubled up nut this week <laughs> yeah believe it or not the walleye actually came well, to he, play had no, this week. he had no quarterbacks admittedly but that was just that hasn't stopped the walleye from losing before yeah you you were not you were not here when i lost to dylan when he had lamar jackson on a bye uh when uh calvin ridley decided he had the mental health thing with the gambling issue and he walked off like the saturday before and then uh, I think it was Emmanuel Sanders or someone got hurt on like, this, the first drive of the game. So we had three zeros, and I still lost. Thanks. Yeah. Anyways, I think we can uh, move on to the, the main event here.
main event, of course, being hockey. You are the the new, numerous as I mentioned off the top, the newest four-sport member of the league as you are picking up a hockey team here. Off the, off the bat here, who are you most excited to have on your team and why? Uh, let, me, let me look at my team here for a second. <laughs> Can we just play a game where we go through my roster? And I have no idea if uh, Nathan added these guys or if, if he inherited them. But can we just guess which ones he added based on the name? Uh, I think I can. Well, while make, I, while I, think, I think. I think I can remember pretty well who he acquired. I think Hyman has to be one. I think he, it might have been a inherited player. Oh, uh, okay. Olafson, with the Frozen reference. Um, um, like I know he he acquired William Carlson. He acquired Jakob Vrana. Obviously yeah. Huberto this offseason. He acquired Andrei Sveshnikov. Or good draw, rather. I'm sorry. I think he had Huberto. No, he traded for Huberto. I think because I think uh, I think Spencer might have had him. No, this is Spencer's team. So never mind. Yeah. Um, let me let me look at our. Uh, our what do you call it? Our AHL roster, yeah. and see. I don't, know if he, I don't know how many players he really acquired here because he did a real good job of trading them away for. For, uh, yeah. for mediocre NA- NHL players. Yeah. He made some really bad um, to answer To answer your question about who I'm most excited to have is probably any Flyers, because that's the only hockey that I'm most likely going to be watching. Um, so that is uh, Joel Farabi. Farabi. Winger. Yep, that guy. Um, oh, Dylan Cousins, Dylan Cousins, the former baseball prospect. I like him. He's a he's a Buffalo Saber though. He's supposed to be pretty um, good. You, I think he was yeah. he was picked, I think like seventh in his draft year. He was twenty nineteen draft. The, I think he was sixth or seventh. I think. The player that I know the most is Aaron Eckblad, and that's just because last year when the Panthers were making their their playoff push. Uh, Levitard show talked about him all the time. They would just mention his name, and that's just the name that that stuck in the back of my mind. It's really good. He was the first overall pick in his draft here. Very good. I will say the one thing you do have, you do have a very good defensive core between yeah. Mac- McAvoy and, and Eckblad. And... Klingberg should be better than what he is so far, but he's not been. Dunn is pretty good. For, having done for four years at $4 million is it's not bad. It's pretty decent. Um, we just uh, Dyson Mayo might be one that Nathan added just because of the name. Yeah, I think that's that was, a, that's that was a, a, he's got him in free agency. Yeah, it is a it is a really good hockey name. Yeah. Let's see, do you want to do any? Uh, uh, do you want to try to pronounce a few names? Uh, Huberto scored a goal tonight. No, oh, that's good. He's a good 99% rostered. He's good. Um, Giants and Joe's been a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. Granted, yeah. I, I kind of, I think you said you look, you went back and you listened to the hockey preview, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned Gaudreau as like a name. Like I'm not really sold he's going to be good this year, or as good as he was last year. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like he's been good recently, but I don't know if that's because he was just hurt. Yeah, he just came back from injury. Uh, foot and upper body injury. So, oh, right, that was that guy. 
yeah, you're gonna be really frustrated by the way hockey teams like do maddening. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like puck puck to the face is upper body injury, like yeah, sore core is still, like upper body like there, it's upper body lower body nothing in between. Like unless you're getting surgery and you're out for months, then you might have an idea of like what big body part it is. Yeah. It's it's wild how how much they're able to get away with like not not like disclosing. Yeah. So. But no, I I um I'd been poking around with hockey for a while. I tried to get in during the playoffs last year. Lost interest after I think the first round. Um and then it was a couple of weeks into this season and I asked Nathan, like, hey, how's hockey going? He's like, well, our team is hurt. So I was like, okay, so you might need some help with the IR. Like, do you want, like, any, any like, do you want a co-manager? Like, what do you want? He's like, well, I kind of have not. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. And I kind of let, let it go. And then... I think a day passed or two. And he's like, if you want to be co-manager, like I'm sure if, he's like, I don't think Nut has paid attention at all. So if you want to ask him, like, that's fine. So that's what happened. See, um, I almost think it would have been cooler if you guys did like all three of you. I, you I don't know. If, allow that? I don't know. That's a good question. But yeah, that would have been fun. But no, it's, um, it, when, once I got access to the team, Moved a bunch of guys to IR, made a bunch of waiver claims, hoped and prayed I didn't steal anybody from their, their practice squad or their, their minor league roster. And, uh, yeah, pretty much just been setting lineups ever since. We have had a, um, a trade inquiry oh. already. I, uh, I won't reveal the source, um, but they apparently reached out to Nathan about a trade and he said ask Mike and then he reached out to me and I said ask Nathan and he's like well I already asked Nathan now I'm asking you and I was like oh I guess we need to, to, to kind of define um how we're going to manage this going forward but we ultimately decided to keep the guy that was being uh sought after I feel like I might know who it is but I could be very wrong so we'll just leave it be for now we, we've already had a uh, a player award yeah. Billy Huso. Yeah. And then he one goalie made... of the week and then immediately <laughs> let up ten goals the following week. Uh how often does that happen? Eight goals in a game. Uh if you're a normal NHL team, not very often. If you're Detroit, more than it should. Um <laughs> and there's they're better this year too, which is the weird part. Like, I mean, if you look at his game log, zero goals, five, one, uh-huh. zero, five, one, one, zero, two, then eight. So for the most part, yeah, he's been his, pretty good. His season, his season stats, his, his goals have been like two and a half. The yeah. last seven days, he's almost averaging five. He almost doubled <laughs> yeah. just because of the eight spot. Like for context, if your save percentage is in the high point nine teens, that's decent to goodish. And then goals against, if you're like two and a half-ish, that's pretty good. So like Huso, I mean, he's yeah. obviously 12th goalie in the player yeah. rater. So he's been a very quality goalie. Um, unfortunately for you, the other guys have not been, which is yeah. a shame. Like Thatcher Demko on talent is probably a top 10 goalie in the league, but Vancouver has been an absolute train wreck. Like they have like no semblance of, of team defense or anything. 
Like his his best effort so far has been three goals against, and he's done it three times. <laughs> Everything else has yeah, been worse. <laughs> wow, that's not good. Nope. Yeah, I would hold on to him though. Like he's anything you if you were like tired of him to the point where you want to trade him, you would not get anything worth what he is. Yeah, he's selling low at this point. Yeah, and Markstrom should be a lot better too. He's been really good the last few years. Usually, the thing with Markstrom is. He's always really good for like the first like two thirds of the season, but by the end of the season, he's played too many games and his body starts to wear down a little bit. This year, she's just starting off slowly, so I don't really know so how the, to explain the good, that. The good version of the Kyler Murray effect. Yeah. Where it's actually like there's a reason, not just oh, a new video game came out. No, I'd say that that is the reason for <laughs> Kyler. But... Yeah. And then swing. Like, no, like a good like a good PR reason. Oh yeah. <laughs> for... There's legitimate talent on here. I mean, Jesper Bratt started off on an absolutely ridiculous heater. He's been a little cooler in the last like week, and by that I mean he has like only like three points in the last like ten days. Big whoop. Uh, but he's been really good to start. New Jersey as a whole has been really good to start, which I was not expecting. But uh, what do you have here for? Let me let me look up the the player writer scores here. Erickson X has been pretty good. He's a good uh, – I think you probably call him more like a banger-style center. And for that, it's more just like hits and blocks when we say that. Yeah, that's also what we mean when, when like someone like Alex Rye refers to like grit stats, like hitting and blocking. Erickson X wins some face-offs. He got that going for you. Robert Thomas has been all right. He doesn't shoot as much as he should. Um, one of the things you do kind of lack is you do have a few guys who are kind of like – I don't want to say soft, like Robert Thomas has two hits. Gaudreau still has zero. Huberto has 12. Olofsson has two. Uh, a few guys on there who aren't exactly out there to, to bang bodies around. Jesper Brett has three. So that's something you probably need to lean into with your team is just try to focus on, or at least not maybe focus so much of your effort on hits because you might just be fighting a losing battle there. I'm just trying to find the other categories you're more competitive in and trying to improve those where you can. Although hits and hits and, and blocks are easily streamable. There's a lot of Jake McCabe type defensemen out there. Yeah. 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 I guess should I take uh, Spencer Knight off of our watch list, seeing as he's as he's on Barry's minor league roster? Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, okay. Nathan <laughs> traded him. Uh, not, not oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we but, can. Shchnikov uh, uh, is our is our best player on the player reader. Yeah, he's been fantastic this year for what it's worth. Yeah. Been really good. Let's see, where did where did Nathan start to? He made a really good trade to get Robert Thomas for Alexander Romanov, so that worked out really well for you. And then he traded away Holt and Kalia for Carlson and Voracek, which. Probably not great, considering the fact that Voracek is no longer on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer Knight, Anton Lundell, and Fabian Lizell for Nikolai Ehlers is not uh, not great. Spencer Knight alone would be uh, not enough, or, or sorry, too much for Ehlers. And Anton Lundell is also pretty good. Um, let's see. Then Barry went back to Nathan again to get... Well, that one wasn't too bad. He got... He, Sent away Buchnevich in a first for Verona and Cam York. 
you probably lost that one just because Cam York is still kind of taking his time with Philly to to make the, the NHL full time. And Jakub Verana is a really good player. He's unfortunately in the player assistance program right now. And that's kind of more for like mental health, substance abuse stuff. Of course, you don't know any actual details, but that's the, the usual stuff that people go into that program for. It doesn't happen very often. But like if Verano was healthy for like a full 82 games this year, I think he could have, you know, gotten 35, 40 goals. So he's someone I would, you know, you know, definitely uh, lean towards keeping if you can. Yeah. Well, I don't foresee us making a bunch of moves going forward. Um, Big moves anyway. Um, We're just trying to scrape away some category wins here. Doubling up our almost doubling up our season long total this past week is the uh, first step to that. Devontae Smith, nice big catch on third down. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was talking about <laughs> tongue in cheek, my basketball schedule being tough to start the season, but Nathan's hockey schedule has been brutal to yeah. start the year. Um, his first three weeks. He played, let's see, I'm looking for Valley Jobin, but I'm looking for off constantly. Uh, he played Chris, then he played Tom, then he played you, and then Alex. So yeah, it is not top great. three teams in the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. And and the one that wasn't, he lost 11 to 1 to Tom. So, <laughs> not great to start the year, but yep. sitting a, we're a uh, cool to 10 to continue scraping away categories. Uh, Oh, oh no, oh no! <laughs> um, is now a bad time to tell you you don't have your next two first round draft picks? It honestly wouldn't make much of a difference. <laughs> uh, th- this year, this year, that. <laughs> this would be a really good year to have your first round draft pick. You My know? understanding is that we are trying to. Uh, not be in the cellar this year. So, um, starting yeah. off really hot there in 10th place, 11, yeah, 1147 and two. Five, five or six category wins the first four weeks. Not a great start to that. Yeah. Uh, we don't need, yeah, Barry having, you know, your first and his is for the next two years. Um, yeah, there's three incredibly high-end players in the draft at least at this moment things can change of course but three very very high-end players who would instantly be by far and away your best prospect and you would have had a really good shot at landing one of them this year had you not uh see what trade was that one? Oh, that was uchnevich and that for yeah for verona and cam york that looks even worse now that it's things have gone so poorly for you so far Cutter Gothier must have been a uh, pick because of the name. Yeah, he's Brock. Brock. Oh no, that's not Nathan. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Connor Geeky picked. And I think uh, Ivan Moroshenko was the other one. Yeah, I was going to let you handle that one. <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't have many picks this year. He he drafted really well though. I think. Yeah. No, I'm, I. I was big on, on Gauthier uh, coming out of the draft. Um, I think he went, I think, because he was a first-round pick with Philly. I think he was, like, fifth overall. So he's got okay. some good draft pedigree. Um, 
Connor Geeky is a, a big skilled center, but the knock on him is he doesn't skate very well. And people were worried about how much pace he can play with. Because obviously, you know, hockey's a very fast game at the NHL level. And you need to but, know how to skate, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think he <laughs> – well, okay, just because the skating isn't great, but he's also like six foot five. So you can, oh, you, can, you can get by with having mediocre skating if you, stride, if you can like cover half the ice in like two strides. Yeah. That helps a little bit. But he's, I think he has enough hockey sense to be a valuable player. And especially, you'll learn this as you go, but centermen are incredibly valuable, especially like high-end ones. I mean, you're, the, the face-offs are, it's, it's no more important than other categories, but I, I find more often than not, centers tend to cover the most because, partly because of face-offs, but they tend to have the puck a little more, at least in the middle of the ice. And it centers the more like defensively responsible position of all the three forwards. So you're probably going to get a little more luck with hits and blocks there. Um, it's just, you know, one, one of the things you'll learn is, is a, a good centerman is very, very valuable. Same thing with a good defenseman. And I noticed that we didn't have very many to, uh, to start off. I mean, I don't know what like primary position these guys play, but, if we only had like three or four center eligible players, uh, let's see. We added, I added one Colton Sissons just for, because we had a bunch of guys on IR trying to pick up some stuff. He hasn't really done much. Yeah. Um, you aren't in dead last with yeah, faceoffs, though. You know, you, you have 543. That's more than two other teams. Okay. Um, it's a little, little over a third of however many faceoffs I have so far. So, no, that's also not great, but that's the way I've built yeah. my team, though. So I took over midway through the matchup with Alex, and we were <laughs> we were like trying to scrape out like one or two categories, if anything. And our uh, our goalie coming through, goalie of the week helped helped us steal a couple goalie categories against him. But yeah, we had no chance with any of the uh, skater categories. Yeah, you can do. This is the one of the things I like about hockey is it feels like there's more ways to attack building a team than there is in the other sports. Um, like for example, like you mentioned the goalies there, there's four dedicated goalie categories. Like if you can build like a really good goalie group, you have a really good shot at winning four categories just every week. Yeah. And then yeah. if you can like pick and choose, you know, three, maybe four categories of the skaters that you can be competitive in compared to most teams. They go in all in on uh centers and goalies. Or if you're Chris, you can just go all in on skaters and just Try to win every matchup eight to four. Yeah. Although yeah. he he's had pretty good goalie luck so far because Vegas has been fantastic for him. But, um, so what's the story behind that? He has all of their goalies. Yeah, basically he just he had zero goalies entering free agency, and then he just doubled up on on Vegas goalie so he could get every single start from one team. Hmm. So it's worked out because Vegas has been really good, and uh, they have combined to win thirteen games out of. It looks like they've each started a total of 16, so, you know, winning <laughs> at yeah, a, that's a good percentage. 75% clip is pretty good. You can, So he's actually hanging in there in terms of goalie wins despite really only having two goalies. But there's definitely many ways to, to build a team here, and that's one of the things I like the most about, about hockey. And you'll, you'll learn this too. One, one of the other things you'll kind of learn as you go is just – all the different yeah. ways you can you can approach this and the different types of play player styles 
and now you can try to you know craft a team to win i mean you know it's basic team building like you've played basketball before you've played a lot of baseball before you know how that goes it just uh, can I can I circle back to basketball here for a second? Yeah. Shea has twenty seven points at the end of the third quarter. Wow! Seven assists, four rebounds, two steals, a block <laughs> on forty seven percent field goals though. So that's kind of low for him, but that's just he's he's incredible. Wow! Well, well with the are you kidding me? Okay, Isaiah Stewart's out for the rest of the game because he got hurt in the first half. Chris is already at this. It, 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 he, upper or lower body injury? It says what foot. It says foot. So, oh. so hockey, you may make it an upper body designation for that. <laughs> but a right foot sprain. Chris could not even make it halfway into the you know the first game oh. of the night before injury. That's that's low. Hey, you don't need to tell me. He did it in the playoffs last year. Yeah, against me. Yep. Please don't kick me up. No, trust me. If if anyone's getting kicked out, I would probably be at the front of the line. <laughs> oh my God, this is going as badly as it could. Banton has 16 points, four boards, three assists, two steals, two blocks, two threes. He's perfect from the free throw line, and he's six of 11 from the field. This is like quite literally the greatest game he's had as a basketball player. Like, well, it helps that the two starting guards for Toronto are out tonight. I mean, yeah, yeah that, he, even when he played last year, he was no, – he And just, they're playing he, Detroit, He so. just made a three-pointer as we speak. Yeah. But, like, even then, though, he was God, garbage last year, and he still isn't good. He's just the, so, the beneficiary of opportunity, and he's having a, a good shooting night. He was on my team. I remember when I took over for Dylan in basketball. I had so many Toronto Raptors, yeah. and, he was, and he was one of them, and I literally had never heard of him before. Yeah. I was like, why is this guy on my team? Like, I, I did so much research, like trying to figure out, like, what is this guy? Like, what's his deal? Is he like sneaky good at something like, for one thing or what? And I couldn't find anything. And I was just like, like I just got to cut him. <laughs> and then there was like no reference to him at all until Barry picked him up. And he was just like, came a meme. It was, it was funny to watch. Yep. I just, uh, it just bugs me because, like, by no logic should he really be, like, worthwhile to have. I mean, in a streaming situation like this, I get it. I guess, I mean, especially with, you know, the the, the injury issues in, in Toronto at the moment. But, yeah. Yeah. No, Detroit's keeping it close, though. They're only down three points here with four minutes left. So. Yeah. And Oklahoma kind of, City's trying to trying – to... Knock off the Celtics. That's Shea's going to sit the fourth quarter. You watch. <laughs> well, no, we're up by too much. We're, 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 we're hanging in too much. Got to. We're, we're, we're competitive. We need to sit you down with a lower body eye injury or something. Let's see, where are we at here? Take a, so I can like at least have my eyes on what you're looking at, too. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty good night for Shea. Uh, Vogner having himself a decent night. As you know, kind of continuing that at least. Ivy's not shooting the ball particularly well tonight, but he's putting up, you know, a little bit of everything. No stocks, but yeah. I like the uh, quick start to the Jobin basketball week this week. Taking an early lead against Nut. He doesn't have many many players going tonight. Just uh, getting Lamelo ball back in time to play me was unfortunate, but he's only got a couple guys going tonight, so hoping to build an early lead. 
Yeah, and I weakened him a little bit for you, so that should be an easier win for you. Sorry about the, the keyboard strokes here on the, the pod here. I'm currently pitching to Chris about this Isaiah Stewart injury in the chat. Anyways, anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to do a couple minutes on your Phillies? How proud of them you are, but maybe how disappointed you are that it didn't go their way, even if you are proud of them? It was very... I mean, I wouldn't trade that that playoff run for anything. Like, that was incredible. Looking back on it, I'm like, wow, I, I did that twice this year. Because North Carolina in college basketball wasn't supposed to be in the Final Four, let alone the championship game either. And, and once they were there, it was like, okay. It was, it was just kind of like looking back on it, like, wow, I really relived that twice in a matter of six months. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I mentioned it to a couple of my friends, like walking out of game five after that catch by McCormick in center field, like when we had to go back to Houston down three, two, I was like, that's pretty much, pretty much the series. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun, fun ride. Hopefully it's the uh, start of more players wanting to come to Philly, Trey Turner or a pitcher or, or something. Yeah, I mean, they definitely position themselves to be pretty good, pretty good uh, an option for for free agents. I mean, they've said they're willing to spend money to improve. So, yeah, but there were, I mean, the league will enjoy this. There were so many Philly fans who had already completely forgotten what Reese Hoskins did in the Braves and the Padres series that they were just like ready to murder him at the game game five like when he and jt combined for i think over 10 with four or five strikeouts or something like that like and then he made that um error at first base that allowed another run to score he was he's he's up there with philly public enemies in uh on the hot seat in philly for sure yeah i mean hey i been on on that too here i mean aaron judge got booed in the postseason yeah. and this is the thing that I, I i hate about being a yankee fan at times is the amount of like trying to have their cake and eat it too we get from like neutral fans like oh you guys yeah. too hard on players but oh you guys don't win enough okay like our like the whole thing but yeah aaron judge gets booed and neutral fans are trying to kill yankee fans with this but aaron judge went uh Five for 36 in this postseason. Yeah. Last year, he was well, and, one for four. The year before that, he was four for 30. Like, he's generally been very bad. He's a career 211 hitter in the postseason. Yeah. Well, and the same thing with Jordan, too. Like, had he not hit that home run in game six, like he was struggling since the first two games of the playoffs. I know they mentioned it. Altuve, too. Pretty, pretty much every... Yeah, pretty much every at-bat Alvarez came up. They're like, yeah, he hit those two home runs against the Mariners, but pretty much since then, hasn't done anything, and then he hits the, the home run in game six to win it. It's just, had he not done that, I imagine Houston fans would be all over him, too. But now he's now he's the hero. Yeah, can't beat it. 
Uh, you kind of mentioned them too, I guess. You know, do you want to do like a minute or two on on your UNC Tar Heels? They're bringing everyone back for the most part. Yeah, they did. Number yeah, one, they people, back. Right? I haven't. Got to be honest, I haven't watched any of the first games they played. I know I get um, alerts for. I think it's every TV timeout that they have. Like I get an alert, alert of what the score is. Um, and the most recent one was pretty close, considering who they were playing. But, yeah, they're number one now, overall. Um, hoping to run it back. And Who are you most excited to watch on the team this year? Baycott, Black. I, those are the only two Tar Heels I know. <laughs> um, are you forgetting about Caleb Loves, the yep. Russell Westbrook of North Carolina basketball? Just shoot I, you out of a game or – carry you to the final four i should have remembered him because he strikes me as very much a, a berry guy for basketball with the way he's drafted players like cole anthony and kobe white yeah 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 i could see that he uh he's another one who like on the unc message boards after the the national championship game when he pretty much shot them out of the game they were all like killing him but forgetting that he was the one that kind of carried them to to that point um i think of this team i love leaky blackland he's he's probably got the lowest ceiling in terms of like professional basketball potential but he's he's such a fun college college player like he's pretty much theo pinson 2.0 and i loved theo when he was at unc yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, I I assumed Pinson's game would have translated a little better, but he didn't really get any like draft love. Where, where did he go? Was he a second rounder or was he a late first? I imagine he was a second rounder. Yeah. He's bounced around the league since then. He was in Brooklyn. He was in New York. Dallas. With the Knicks. I'm familiar with him in Dallas because of the sideline antics. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. That's where I think that's where he is now. Um, he just he has no offense. He's he's the three and D guy without any offense, which is not. Well, wasn't he like a very good scorer for UNC? Obviously, the college game is way different than the the NBA game. But I thought I remember him being like the offensive like engine of those teams. He um, was kind of like our Draymond for okay. the Warriors. Like no, but like they were willing to let him score. Um, opposing teams were willing to let him like shoot and score because that's was obviously the least efficient option for the, the Tar Heels when he was there. But he, uh, towards the end of his career, he definitely got better on the offensive side, but it just kind of peaked that last year in Carolina. Yeah, maybe I was just a little too, uh, too biased or a little only familiar with his like his final year because remember he was really good at the end, yeah, obviously. You, believe it or not, you tend to get better in college the older you get. Galaxy brain going against a bunch yeah. of freshmen. Yeah. Miles Sanders still is just one carry. That's somebody needs to fire Nick Sirianni. That's that's terrible. <laughs> and send him back to the Colts, please. We miss him. I'm really... Ryan Robinson just got down to the three yard line. Hopefully, if they're gonna score. Antonio Gibson's the one that punches it in. Don't ask them to punch it in. Ask them to catch it. You got to get an extra half point. Yeah. 
maximize. You, you need every single point you can get here. You better hope he. You better hope he catches it. Uh, oh. oh yeah, I'm actually just generally happy for Nick Sirianni because he got like killed for that opening press conference because you know he stuttered a little bit. It just makes me yeah. really happy that he's succeeding. I mean, looking back on it, it's still a bad press conference, but he oh. has definitely redeemed himself with, yeah. with the performance today. I mean, I didn't think last year there was going to be any chance of getting the playoffs. but And then starting undefeated this year is just kind of still, I don't think it's hit me yet. But, uh, yeah, this game's a lot closer than I wanted it to be. I don't hate it because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going against Eagles defense, so I don't mind if – Washington puts up a few points here, but I just need Sanders to, like, get more than one touch in the second half. <laughs> Do something, yeah. You tend to run it more in the second half, so you got that going for you, but... I hope so. Running it more is... Uh, running it more with one carry in the first half is uh, hard not to do. Yeah. You can't really run it less unless you want to go zero. <laughs> Are you really leaning into, like, Boston Scott and uh, Kenneth Gainwell? I wouldn't be. This is what it is. Anything else you had in general? We pretty much touch on all all your sports. You know, we did a little bit of hockey with being a new owner here, and even got to Phillies and UNC basketball. So I don't really know what else there could be to, to talk about here. But. No, that's pretty much it. I don't uh, I don't have the luxury of pulling out any childhood stories from Ronnie like we did last week with Murph. So yeah, sorry to disappoint the league. But. Well, hey, if we're being honest, I'm the one who volunteered that information. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because there's, I don't, yeah, but, there's but like, you're more willing to volunteer with somebody who you knew growing up than you know what I mean. I mean, I guess like I that wasn't going to be something that you brought up as anybody else. Well, I mean, there, there was at least context behind it. Like it, it didn't come up because I want to say I took a shit behind a shed in a football. Like, <laughs> it got brought up because we were already talking about youth football. Like if it, if junior football wouldn't have been brought up, I would I would have had no reason to say that. So we're being realistic here. Yeah, definitely nothing you can really. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, nothing really you can uh, can coax out of me, I guess, in that regard. So, anything that you might have on on Nutter Nathan, I ask this like every time just to try to because there's three of you. It's just fun to to get awkward stories for the other people to be mad at. So I get better content. But nothing new of late on that end. Uh, pretty much status quo over here in the. Uh, Eastern Pennsylvania region. No, I don't have much else for you. All right. Cool. Well, you can go enjoy your uh, your halftime because I pretty much took up your whole first half of the, the football game. Oh, so, sorry. We appreciate that. I mean, you were very enthusiastic in your willingness to come on the pod. So I always appreciate that. <laughs> Makes me think I told you, guys you after like basketball, me. or I, I told you I would do it again after baseball season. I was hoping that would be, you know, sooner after baseball season, meaning I was one that won, but. Yeah, I understand when you come in third, you don't get on until almost December. But. Well, I mean, it helps that you know you had a, a big football fire sale and then took over hockey. I mean, there's a lot of lot of storylines yeah. here to go into, to this being a perfect time for you to come on. So, I'm just over here trying to get your attention to get me back on the pod. That's all. Makes me think that some of you guys might like me deep down. <laughs> all right, cool. No, thanks for having me on. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for coming on. I. Appreciate it as well. You know, got a solid almost 90 minutes out of this, so go very well. And I sandwiched this around with the other uh, segments I'll have to record tomorrow. I'm too busy at work today to do all all my uh, uh, all my like secretarial stuff to 
through all the logistics to get everything onto my my notes sheet to read off. But yeah, enjoy the rest of your night then, and uh, to an extent, go Eagles and uh, enjoy the win until Jeff Saturday's Colts come in and uh, handle your first L next week. I think the spread's like eight or so. I listened to Bill Simmons this morning. We were both surprised that it was so low, but I guess because it's a uh, short week for the Eagles. Yeah, and you know the the brilliance of Jeff Saturday and his ability to get the offensive line to block for the first time. There you go. Helps do it for himself. Just takes as a new voice. Okay, sometimes. But don't worry, people. There will be no new voices on the podcast. I am. You are stuck with me for the foreseeable <laughs> future until Chris kicks me out of everything. That that's not what I was implying. That's a funny joke. I wish I would have thought of that before I even said it. That's well, good. I mean, hey, I just saw an opportunity to make it about me, so. You know, I'm very good at that. All right, well, I guess this is like the fifth time I'm trying to get you to hang out. So <laughs> we, can, we can probably hopefully successfully execute that here. So you'll enjoy right. the rest of your night. Uh, hopefully your, your kids don't wake up and you can enjoy your, your wine and football. Thanks, Ronnie. Have a good night. You too. Bye. All right. Thank you again to Mike for coming on. Probably one of the many times I'll thank him in the course of this episode because I record all these segments separately and... I don't know who, uh, or don't know where all the thank yous go in and out. So, oh, well, you guys will deal with it. Anyways, let's go right into uh, football. We had an interesting week of football last week, featuring some good news for yours truly, but we'll get to that at the end because I'm, you know, very kind and I like to, to talk about everybody else first when and where I can. First matchup up. Barry taking down Josh, 115.7 to 74.5. Barry gets his third win on the season. Josh moves to 1-9, one, one pick closer to the first overall pick, or one, one loss closer, rather, to the first pick. Barry, C.D. Lamb going for 32.5, and Tua Tagovailoa going for 23.4. Meanwhile, uh, Josh, to the surprise of all of us, and especially to Josh, Nick Westbrook, I think it's pronounced Akina, goes for 26.4 points. Uh, One of, I don't know how to explain it with Josh's team, but it feels like every other week, Josh just has the most random guy absolutely go off. Let's let's take a little bit of a detour here in the pod. So last week, it was obviously Westbrook Akina going for 26.4, outscoring his projections by 23 points. Not bad. Trent Sherfield did all right, too. He got 14.3 for him. That's about 10 points over his projection. But week nine, he did not. That was uh, the week, of course, that he beat me. It's unfortunate. Nobody really popped off too much for him. Uh, the week prior, Isaiah likely went for 16.7 with a projected score of two, but that was because Andrews got hurt, I believe. Week 7, Andy Dalton had a 26.54 point performance. You know, just kind of kind of out of nowhere. Go to week 6 here. Um, Mariota going for 24.16. Week 5, here it is. Taysom Hill goes for 34.04. About 30 points over his projection. Uh, week 4, yeah, Geno Smith going for 31.7. TJ Hawkinson going for 35.9. Uh, week three, nada. Week two, eh, Jared Goff for 26 points. It's pretty impressive for Goff standards. Uh, it's mainly it, but yeah, I'm pretty much, 
I would say at this point, more than every other week. There's just somebody Josh doesn't expect just absolutely pops off. And he, not lately, because Josh's team has found its level, but there was a couple weeks there where Josh's loss streak was uh, in jeopardy because of some random performance. Moving on now to the next matchup above this one. We see Ping really take it to the magician. Sean uh, pulled a disappearing act this week as Ping won 130.76 to 73.14. Holy cow, Sean, what, what happened this week? Do I need to look at the box score and check your buys? Like, did you have any, like, buy weeks for this one? I mean, probably, right? Andrews on buy and on IR. T. Higgins and Lamar Jackson. Okay, and on buy. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that was not uh, not a great lineup for Sean, unfortunately. But let's take a look at the big the big scores here. Devontae Adams goes for 23.1 points. Jeff Wilson goes for 21.3 points. Both of those were ping. Meanwhile, Aaron Jones goes for 22.6 on Sean's team. We had Fargo take down the damn dirty apes because, of course, Chris can't do what I need him to do. <sighs> you know. And the, the annoying thing here, too, is Chris had three players that outscored Alex's best player. Three of them. Three. Justin Fields goes for 39.38 points thanks to his legs. Patrick Mahomes goes for 31.14 points. Justin Jefferson goes for 30.3. Chris had three guys that combined to go for over 100. They went for over 100. Those three alone. And he loses to Alex. Just unbelievable. Anyways, Alex gets 27 points from Christian Kirk. Uh, 20.96 points from Trevor Lawrence and 20.3 points from Tony Pollard. Just surprising. Chris really, really unfortunate luck. Cordero Patterson sucked. Ryan Suckup sucked. Debo, Kamara, Juju, Jacecki all really underperformed. ATN, too, to an extent relative to projections, but he still almost put up nine. It could be worse. So that was really annoying from my stand my standpoint. Um, we had Keefe take down Murph. Keefe with a 96.38 point performance. Murph with a 72.64 point performance. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the only 20 point scorer here, as he goes for 21.8 in Keefe's lineup. Uh, we had an interesting matchup here as Tom takes down Nathan, 137.2 to 107.46. Saquon Barkley going for 22.5 for Tom. In Nathan's leading scorer, the only guy who hit 20 in here is. Cole Komet? Did not expect that to happen, but Cole Komet found the end zone twice, I believe, en route to a 21.4 point week. Uh, it's dangerously close to as many points as he probably had all season before this. Well, we had 19.5 last week, so that joke fell really flat really quick. Never mind. Next matchup up Paolo taking down Mike, 125.08 to 87.26, because, of course, Mike can't do what I need him to do either. You know, Mike reels off this incredible, you know, not consecutive winning streak, but he's been on a heater since he's decided to sell all his players off, and then he just fills the sheets here, of course. Just, you know, that's what happens to walleye folks, apparently. Uh, no one in this matchup hit 20 points, although Paolo did have a couple guys get pretty close. And finally... Yours truly, the Blue Water Walleye, 
beating the notorious NUT 133.66 to 60.5, an absolute throttling, more than doubling up. Nut, where was this performance last week? Can I, like, take away, like, 20 points from this and put it to my last week's score so I can beat Josh and be 5-5 five and five and not 4-6? and six? That'd be great. Okay. Jonathan Taylor, 23.3 points. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, back in the lineup, 22.68 points. Dalvin Cook, 22.1 points. And on that side, James Conner, also 22.1 points. Take a look at the standings here and ESPN's own playoff odds here. Uh, Sean at 8-2 and two is in first place still. 99% chance of making it in. Nathan at 7-3 with a 98% chance. Chris in third with a 92% chance. Tom in fourth with a 66% chance. Alex in fifth with a 63% chance. Murph in sixth with a 57% chance. Ping in seventh with a 45% chance. Keith in eighth with a 25% chance. Paolo in ninth, 18% chance. Mike in tenth, 19% chance. Ronnie in 11th, 13% chance. Nut in 12th with a 4% chance. Barry in 13th with a 1% chance, and Josh 1 in 9, dead last, 14th place, 0% chance. Take a look now at points 4. Uh, it's still pretty much the same here. Uh, Josh is, thanks to Sean really laying an egg, and uh, Nathan not quite being able to take advantage quite yet. Josh has still not been doubled up yet. He's at 759 points, way down at the bottom. Mike is in. 13th for points for at 953, so almost 200 points more than Josh. Uh, first place is Nathan with 1,302.06. Third, or second place, rather, is Chris with 1,287.3. We got Sean in third, 1,277.32. Murph in fourth, 1,156.52. And I am in fifth at 1,137.54 points. Still just really, really bothers me that I'm in fifth place for points for and 11th place in the standings. <sighs> points against uh, Paolo now has surpassed Nathan for the fewest points against at only 916.22. Pretty cake schedule apparently so far for Paolo. Uh, Nathan at 980 points. Keith at 990. Murph at 999.22. And Alex with 1,044.48. That's your bottom five. Uh, and Josh no longer has the most points against, probably because I blew it against him. Uh, Nut has 1,241.64 points against. Chris with 1,207.68 points against. Josh with 1,201.9 points against. Would be... Uh, honestly, I'm just really impressed here with Chris here. He's... Uh, Third place overall in the standings, and he's only 80 points more than he's allowed. All right, air quotes on allowed. But he's had some, you know, some bad luck, relatively speaking, compared to his opponents having really good weeks. And uh, you managed to overcome it because he's got a really darn good team. Let's look now at the scoreboard, see who is playing who this week. And of course, as always, we're going to give uh, you know the, the Ronnie rooting interests here because I desperately friggin' need... Actually, at first, um, Mike and Paolo, of course, was a belt matchup. So Paolo as the belt. 
again. Pull up that belt spreadsheet here real quick. I believe this is the third time he's had the belt this year. Belt football. Paolo won it in week three. He held it for week four. Won it back in week six. Held it for seven. And week eight. Lost it on week eight. And he regained it now in week ten. So this is the third time Paolo's held the belt. (laughs) Paolo has 14 belt matchups. Actually, this will be 15, including this week 11. Uh, Second place has seven. (laughs) That schedule is so weird, man. Uh, The the leading uh, roster for this past week, Justin Fields for Chris, Jonathan Taylor for Ronnie, Aaron Jones for Sean, CeeDee Lamb for Barry, Justin Jefferson for Chris, Cole Komet for Nathan, Christian Kirk for Alex, Nick Westbrook-Akina for Josh. That's right, Nick Westbrook-Akina is the the last flex on the team of the week. Mahomes for Chris and Robbie Gould for Tom. Robbie Gould with nine points because every other kicker who was really good was either on waivers or on a bench. Luck of the draw sometimes. Scoreboard for week 11. 11th place Ronnie and 3rd place Chris. While I need to win this one because we need to win out pretty much to have a real realistic shot here. I would need a lot of help otherwise. We have second place Nathan and ninth place Paolo. Need Nathan to roll here. We got 10th place Mike and 8th place Keith. Uh, this is one I think Keith wins. Wouldn't hate Mike winning this one. Would help me, I think. I think Mike's team is worse than Keith's. And therefore, I think Mike has a better chance of losing future games than Keith does. We got fourth place Tom and fifth place Alex. Who would have thought this would have been a, a, a key matchup here earlier in the year? But here we are. That's the beauty of fantasy football. And this is one where I am probably pulling for Tom. I think Tom has a relatively easy schedule going forward. I think he's got a pretty good chance of making the playoffs as is. So let's, let's get the guy who's probably going to make it in already and try to drop Alex down for me. We got first place Sean and sixth place Murph. Going to need help from Sean here. Sean's been very disappointing for me in the past. Let's hope he can turn things around here. We got 14th place Josh and 7th place Ping. Let's be honest here. I don't have a shot at at Ping losing there. We got 13th place Barry and 12th place Nut. This one doesn't really affect me. I'm ahead of both of these two teams. Uh, I'm curious to see how this one goes, though. See... Barry's at 66.2 points projected. Let's see what's going on in this matchup here. Oh, because, yeah, right. Lineup hasn't quite been set yet. Oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. Holy cow. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all of Barry's team is on a bye week. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Uh, So Nut's probably going to win that one. But as I said, it doesn't really affect me too much, thankfully. So there's your, your football, dose of football for the week. Oh, actually, we we got a couple trades here we can touch on. Keenan Allen and Curtis Samuel for Chris Godwin and Capspace. Eh, not, not bad. Sean wins this one in the now. I don't hate it for Keith going forward. I'd say it's relatively even, probably a slight lean on Sean. But, you know, it's, it's football. Things can change real fast in football. And lastly, P.J. Walker for a third. It took P.J. Walker all of, like, one game on Mike's team to lose a starting job. So, you know, that's fun. I think he's hurt, though, so I'm not going to hold it too much against him. So that is your football for the week.
All right, let's move on now to basketball. Let's not do what I did last time and leave trades till the end because I forgot about them. Let's head off with a trade here. Is it because I'm involved in the trade? I mean, maybe. Okay, yes, that is why. Um, Traded away. What the hell happened here? Okay, let me let me look up on the, the sheets here. I think Chris might have messed something up. Well, he did, technically, because he accidentally put me trading by myself. He forgot to put Nut's name and said he put my name twice. Um, trades, 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 trades. Yeah, yeah, Chris did. He messed up. Let's move those first-round picks to my side because I'm not trading Sadiq Bay and Duncan Robinson for Dame in three firsts. I'm trading Sadiq Bay, Duncan Robinson, and three firsts for Dame. Okay, now that uh, administrative work is done. Live on the podcast, being a great league mate and a great uh, custodian of the, the sheets, you know, being Chris's bitch in that regard. Yeah. Um, I'll let the trade for myself, obviously. I think Nut did okay. As Chris mentioned, there's not really a ton of contenders who had you know, a, a wealth of assets to move in not getting three first-rounders, even though they're probably all going to be pretty late, or at least kind of late, probably not lottery picks at least. And he gets back a decent young player in Sadiq Bay on a rookie contract and uh, Duncan Robinson, who, if the Heat trade Duncan Robinson, which might be difficult with his salary, he could actually end up being a lot more valuable than what he is right now at the time of the trade. Just depends on his ability to get playing time, which is sporadic at best in Miami, unfortunately. Regret making that extension, but here we are. So adding Lillard to my team already with Curry. I got Cade Cunningham. All three of those players will expire at the same time. Not sure I'm going to extend all three of them. Dame is up in the air. We'll see where the wall I rat in three years. But I do like having the uh, those three guards. I'm really, really happy with that that aspect of my team here. Uh, we got only one record this week. Chris tying, I believe, his own record, second most uh, steals in a week. Uh, we had the categories of the week. Nathan with a 5-1-4-1 field goal percentage. Josh with an 8-4-2-5 free throw percentage. Barry with 92 three-pointers. Ronnie with 302 rebounds. Alex, 242 assists. Chris with 71 steals. Josh with 37 blocks. Tom with only 57 turnovers. And Chris with 908 points. Joel Embiid for Barry was the player of the week for Alex. And Barry's top five was Embiid for Barry, Shea Gildas-Alexander for Mike, Kevin Durant for Josh, Donovan Mitchell for Ping, and Jason Tatum for Alex. Very strong week this week with all the excellent performances. We can uh, highlight a few of those here. We got first matchup up season, Nathan taking down Tom 7-2. Uh, I got 87 and 26 on five, 55% from the field and 10 three-pointers from Laurie Markkinen. Got 55 points, 30 boards, and a 692 field goal percentage from Gobert. 76 points, 24 boards, 556 from the field for Jalen Brown. 85, 24, and 11 with, or sorry, 85 and 24 with 11 threes from Oubre. 87, 26, and 33 with 11 stocks, a 578 field goal percentage from Jokic. 66 points, 40 boards, and a 5.96 field goal percentage from Evan Mobley on Tom's side. And Jamal Murray, 74 points, 19 boards, 22 assists. Got Mike taking on Paolo, 6-3. I believe that's Mike's first win on the season. You know, he had a few schedule losses to start, but 
the schedule finally looks up on him. He got Paolo, who doesn't pay attention in this league. It's really annoying. And he beat him 6-3. Did what he had to do to win. 13 threes from Kevin Herter, 129 points, 19 rebounds, 21 assists, 16 stocks, 56% from the field, 88.2% from the line. Shea Gilgis Alexander is a menace. This dude is a beast. Unstoppable. Fantastic. Brilliant. Whatever very English adjectives Barry would use. Insert them all here. Yeah, 43 points, 39 boards, and 9 stocks on seven, seven, uh, a 7-1-4. Field goal percentage from Nick Claxton, then 75 points and 27 assists from Trey Young. 43 points, 36 boards, and a 5-86 field goal percentage from Allen. 70 points, 29 or 28 boards, rather. 19 assists for Jaden Ivey. On Paolo's side, 101-37 with 15 three-pointers from Julius Randle. Having himself a, a, a decent week there. Randall, uh, nobody else on Paolo's team really quite got there, and you know he's not setting a lineup to maximize his, his players, so has that going against him. Uh, the belt matchup here, Keith taking down Nut 7-2 to retain the belt. Got 37 assists from Smart, 79 points and 14 threes from Michael Porter Jr., 87 points, 14 threes from Jeremy Grant. 84 points, 21 boards, 22 assists, 17 three-pointers, and a 9-17 free-throw percentage from Keith's most favorite player in the world, Spencer Dinwiddie, the most untouchable player in DSAC. And lastly, 66 points, 40 boards, and 25 assists from Josh Giddy, including that sick spamming the in-and-out dribble move to, <laughs> to get to the basket. I forget who he did it against, but that was just like the... <laughs> <laughs> the worst display of dribbling that like actually worked I may have ever seen. Like there was like no deception in that whatsoever, and it somehow still worked. He's he's amazing, man. Giddy is a unique player. And on nuts side, we got eighty eight points, thirty six boards, and sixteen assists from Kuzma. And then on a pretty nice line for Carl Anthony Towns, seventy eight points, forty four boards, eighteen assists, six fourteen from the field, and nine hundred flat from the free throw line. Very good week for Towns. Chris beat Ping 7-2. OG Ananobi, oh boy, folks, 79 points, 22 boards, and 13 stocks. Luca went off to 124 points, 34 boards, 28 assists, and 13 stocks. De'Aaron Fox, 97, 15, and 34 with 9 stocks. More like De'Aaron Stocks, am I right? <laughs> 84 points, 25 boards, 31 assists for Murray. 70 points, 33 boards, 9 stocks, and a 9.23 free throw percentage. From Miles Turner, 87, 51, and 26 from Sabonis, and 74 points from Levine. Very strong week for Chris there. On Ping side, Brandon Ingram, 85 and 25 with 12 assists, 917 from the free throw line. Keldon Johnson with 75 points on 12 three pointers. Zion, 100 points, 22 boards, 17 assists, 67.3% from the field. And then 97 points, 17 threes for Mitchell. Yeah, Barry beating Murph 6-3, uh, 160, 44, 21, and 14 stocks for Joel Embiid. Massive, massive performance from him. That's why he's the player of the week. 74 points, uh, 16 three-pointers, and 11 stocks from Fred Van Vliet. 81 points and 13 threes from Terry Rozier. 75 points, 24 boards for Porzingis. 91 points, 34 assists, and 14 threes from Darius Garland. And on Murph's end, 90, 23, and 22 from Ja, and then 82 points from Bogdanovich. 
Uh, Josh taking on Sean six to three. This one was kind of close there for Sean. Very a little bit a little bit surprising perhaps that he he you know took three from Josh. But Josh had a pretty strong week anyways. 111 and 45 on 56.6 percent from the field for Anthony Davis. 52 points, 66 rebounds on 59% from the field for Clint Capella. 12 three-pointers from Buddy Heald. 113, 31, and 26 with 12 stocks from Kevin Durant. And on Sean's side, 88 points, 12 three-pointers, and a 59.6% field goal percentage from Jalen Green, of all people. Didn't expect the second-year player to be so efficient from the field, but for this week, he was very efficient from the field. And lastly, in the closest 7-2 matchup you could ever see, Alex takes down yours truly 7-2. Uh, you got 34 assists and 12 threes from D'Angelo Russell, 147, 22 and 15 with 17 three-pointers from Jason Tatum, who was a thorn on my side both with two games against the Pistons and going up against him in fantasy. Not a fun time. 77 points, 19 boards, 21 assists for Booker, uh, 11 stocks and a 731 field goal percentage from Jakob Pertl. And then 71 points on 92.9% from the field for Jimmy Butler. And on my end, 114, 18, and 17 with 16 three-pointers and 64.1% from the field for Stephen Curry. He only played three games. He averaged nearly 40 points a game this past week, uh, over five threes a game, and he shot 64.1% from the field as a high-volume guard. Incredible, incredible performance. If he had a fourth game, he, you know, he might have made a good case for being close to player of the week. And then lastly, 12 three-pointers from Anthony Simons. Already touched on all the category leaders and the players of the week. Let's take a look now at the standings. After four weeks of basketball here, we have Alex out in first place. Three and a half games up on Josh. Uh, Nathan is in third, four games back. Barry's in fourth, also four games back. Ping is in fifth, five games back. Keith is in sixth, five games back. I'm in seventh, seven games back. Chris is in eighth, seven and a half games back. Murph is in ninth, nine and a half games back. Mike is in tenth, 12 games back. Paolo is in 11th, 13 games back. Sean is in 12th, 13 games back. Nut is in 13th, 13 and a half games back. Tom is in 14th, 15 games back. I uh, can look at the roto table real quick because I released that for you all um, after the week after week four. And at the top, the standings don't really reflect the roto table. Of course, the roto table doesn't really mean much relative to standings because it's all about who you play and not about how good your team is overall. Uh, Alex in first place with 93 points, I believe, out of a possible 126, 14 times 9, 126, yep. 93 out of a possible 126, Josh with 90, Chris with 86, Ronnie with 80, Nathan with 79, Mike with 78, Ping with 76, Barry with 70, Keith with 65, Murph 53, Tom 50, Nut 46, Paolo 43, Sean 36, Sean with 3. Last place performances and points, rebounds, and free throw percentage. Uh, Alex with four first place performances and three pointers, rebounds, assists, and points. It's a really well rounded team there in Fargo. <laughs> um, other players in first Josh is first in blocks. Chris is first in steals. Uh, I am first in free throw percentage, or at least was after week four. I don't know if that changed after 
Monday and Tuesday when you're listening to this. Mike is first in field goal percentage. Uh, Sean is first in turnovers. So that's the rubber table for basketball. And uh, scoreboard now. Look at who's playing who at the moment. We have 7th place, Blue Water Wally, and the 8th place, Damn Dirty Apes. 12th place, Sean, and 4th place, Scunthorpe. 5th place, Alabama, in 2nd place, Connecticut. 6th place, The Queen, in 9th place, Motor City. 10th place, Valley Joe, but in 13th place, Nut. 3rd place, Regulators, and 1st place, Frostbite. Uh, 11th place, Yo, Let Me Get a Slice, Every Actual Child with Knives. And 14th place, Flailin' Flamingo. Fl- uh, <laughs> Flamingo, damn it, Tom. Go to hell. <laughs> Can't do that to me on the pod. It's not cool. Uh, that's basketball for the week. <laughs> and let's wrap up with some hockey. No records this week in hockey, so that's fun. Don't worry about uh, wasting any of my time on that at work. All right, I, worked, I stayed at work later today than I had to. I hope you all know that to make sure I had all my notes prepared. So... You're very welcome for going above and beyond, as I always do, because I'm a great league mate who really loves each and every one of you. Um, let's do players of the week first in categories. Chris with 27 goals, Josh 48 assists, Ronnie 305 faceoffs, Chris 246 shots, Alex with 156 hits and 113 blocks, Josh with 21 defense points, Chris and Josh splitting special teams points with 26. Jared with six wins and 211 saves. Barry with a 1-5-2-6 goals against. And Tom with a 9-4-4-4 save percentage. Forward of the week, dry side for Jared. Defenseman of the week, Fox for Josh. And goalie of the week, Vimelka for Barry. Barry's top five skaters, Fox for Josh. Dry side for Jared. McDavid for Alex. Bergeron for Ronnie. Kuznetsov for Chris. And goalies, Allmark for Kevin. Quick for Ping and Vimelka for Barry. Take a look at the uh, the matchups now here. We've got Jared taking down Tom 8-4. He gets two goals, three assists, and five defense points from Tyson Berry. Two goals, two assists, and three special teams points from DeBrinket. Goal and five assists, 22 shots, and three special teams points from Pasternak. 11 hits and 10 blocks from Colton Borrego. Four goals from Hoffman. 15 shots from Pedersen. 12 blocks from Martinez. Three goals, two assists, and 41 faceoffs for Heeshear. Five assists for Barzell, two goals, three assists, 49 face-offs, and 17 shots for Dreisaitl. And on Tom's end, a win, 57 saves, a point or a 0.51 goals against, and a 9.83 save percentage for Marc-Andre Fleury. Goal and five assists for Chandler Stevenson, two goals, two assists for Suzuki, 15 shots for Toffoli, three defense points for Petrangelo, 14 hits and nine blocks for Petrie. We have Chris hanging on to a 6-5-1 win over Josh. Three goals and an assist with 16 shots. Um, 11 hits and three special teams points for Chris Kreider. Two goals, four assists, and four special teams points for Kuznetsov. Two goals, three assists, and 14 shots for J-Rob. 14 shots, 10 blocks, and three defense points for Noah Hannafin. Nice week for him. Goal and three assists for McKinnon. Four goals, 16 shots, and three special teams points for Tage Thompson. Two goals, two assists. 43 face-offs for Elias Lindholm, 14 shots and 9 hits for Falk, 3 defense points for Moser, 2 goals, 3 assists for Pavelski. On Josh's end, 4 assists and defense points for Rasmus Anderson, 3 defense points for Philip Peronik, who, despite my tantrum in the chat a few weeks ago, has actually been playing decently well for Detroit, so he's off my shit list for now. 
five assists each for Kyle Connor and Artrain Panarin. Panarin adding three special teams points with that. Goal and three assists for Danell and Burakowski each. Two goals, six assists, ten blocks, eight defense points, three special teams points for Adam Fox. Two goals, two assists for Kirby Dock. Two goals, three assists, and 16 shots for Konechny. 37 faceoffs, 14 shots, and 12 hits for Vinny Trocek. Nice week for him. Uh, we have Kevin barely beating off constantly after the Davidson and Emily Retikowski news, 7-5. Uh, two wins, 55 saves, a 1-5 goals against, and a 9-48 save percentage for Linus Olmark. Two goals, two assists for Tim Stutzla. Two goals, three assists for Philip Heedle. 16 shots for Dobson and three defense points for Provorov. For off constantly, 10 hits and eight blocks for Garnet Hathaway, 40 faceoffs for Robert Thomas, and a goal and three assists for Zach Hyman. We had Fargo freezing out Scunthorpe 8 to 4, three goals and an assist for Sam Bennett, 12 blocks for Braden McNabb, three goals, four assists, and three special teams points each for Rantanen and McDavid. McDavid adding 17 shots on top of that. Marner with a goal and three assists. 23 hits for Luke Shen. Holy cow. That's a lot of hits in one week. Three defense points for Eric Carlson, who is slowing down to a mere mortal pace, apparently. Two goals, two assists for Malkin. Three defense points for Montour. On Scunthorpe's side, two wins, 56 saves, a .5 goals against, and a 9.82 save percentage for Karel Vimelka. Got a win, 24 saves, a 1 goals against, and a 9.60 save percentage for Martin Jones. Four assists and defense points for Hughes. Three goals, three assists, and three special teams points for Clayton Keller. 11 hits for Lafreniere. Four assists and defense points for Lindholm. And then two goals, two assists, and four defense points for Mikhail Sergachev. And lastly, to retain the belt, yours truly, 93 over Ping. This one could have been 11 to 1 with a little bit of extra production and a couple categories to the ball. We were very close in, I think it was shots and blocks. Um, we got a goal and four assists with three special teams points for Claude Giroux, three goals, 46 face-offs, 13 shots for Bill Horvat, four goals and an assist with 13, 13 shots for Jack Eichel, four goals and an assist with 57 face-offs, 15 shots, and three special teams points for Patrice Bergeron, 14 hits for Ovechkin, two goals, two assists with two hits for Backlund, goal and three assists for four defense points for Neil Pionk, 13 hits and nine blocks for Ryan Pulak, Goal and five assists with four special teams points for Brad Marchand. And three defense points for Essa Lindell. On Ping's side, two wins, 52 saves, a .48 goals against, and a 981 save percentage for Jonathan Quick. Goal and three assists with three special teams points for Boyd. I'm surprised to see Travis Boyd on the, on the recap here. Four goals for Shifley. Two goals, two assists with 15 shots for Zabanajad. Three goals and an assist with 21 shots for Brock Nelson. Ten hits for Victor Hedman. Thirteen hits for Braden Shedden. 61 face-offs for J.G. Pajot, 2 goals, 2 assists, 4 defense points, and 3 special teams points for Dougie Hamilton, and 2 goals, 2 assists on 18 shots for Kirill Kaprizov. Take a look now at the standings as Bo Horvath is sitting on a goal and 2 assists and 13 face-offs, 6 shots and 2 uh, special teams points just tonight against Buffalo. you love to see that. So we're giving you a live-action update on the walleye because I'm sure that's what everybody is here for. Standings, anyways. Standings. That's what everyone's here for. Standings. The Walleye are in first place. How about that? Got Chris in second place. He's technically tied with me, but it says I'm in first place. So, yeah, let's go with that. Third place, Fargo, four games back. Fourth place, Ping, 11 games back. 
Fifth place, Kevin, 12 and a half games back. Sixth place, Tom, 16 games back. Seventh place, Josh, 16 and a half games back. Eighth place, Jared, 18 games back. Ninth place, Barry, 21 games back. In tenth place, Mike slash Nathan, 31 games back. So we'll see if and when Mike and Nathan can get their first win. There's maybe like two teams I can see them getting a win against, so... Could be a long season for them, but good learning experience for Mike. Learning the hard way, unfortunately, but a learning experience nonetheless. And I think the only thing I'm left to do here is uh, look at who's playing who this week. We got the first place Walleye in eighth place Jared. Fifth place Kevin in third place Alex. Ninth place Barry in second place Chris. Tenth place Nathan and Mike. In fourth place Ping. Got a seventh place Josh. And in sixth place Tom, so... Few good ones. We got uh, third and fifth, sixth and seventh. Could be interesting to see how this goes. Chris is going to make a pretty strong case to break the tie with me this week because he's playing Barry and I have Jared. But we'll see what the walleye can do. And we'll see what the walleye can do. And with that, let's uh, wrap this up. So, again, for the umpteenth time, thank you very much to Mike for coming on. Good conversation as always. He's got a good voice to listen to in the pod, too, I'm sure. Well, of course, I'm sure, as you all agree, apparently my voice makes everybody's voice sounds good. Unless I'm in the morning, in which case it's randomly sultry. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, yeah. So that's all I have. Thank you very much for listening. And, uh, oh, uh, Friday, cut deadline for baseball, I believe Chris said. So get your cuts into Chris before then, if you want to make any. And we can uh, enjoy the three sports we have going on right now. So I will catch you all next time.